Bibles this morning to 1 Peter chapter uh, 5 and verse number 8. We're going to continue. Brother Danny got sick this week. He was supposed to preach this morning. I know some of you came and you're disappointed. No, here you got me. So anyway, uh, that's the way life goes. Amen. But pray for Brother Danny and also for uh, his brother-in-law George is in the hospital with a, a heart attack. Be in prayer for them. But 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8, they'll put that, well, they already got it up on the wall there ahead of time. But uh, I want to continue, uh, decided last night or day yesterday to continue this teaching and preaching on the doctrine of Satan. And uh, boy, I tell you what, if I was you, I'd write these verses down, make mention of them and do some study on these things. The Bible said here in verse number, chapter 5, verse number 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant. There's a reason God wants you to be sober and me to be sober and me to be vigilant. <clears throat> Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And I'll tell you what, he'll devour you. If you let him, you won't keep, keep alert and don't be vigilant, be sober, he'll devour you. And uh, let's just pray. Lord, help us this morning to preach. Fill me with the Holy Ghost of God. My spirit, Lord, I pray that you'll just cleanse me from sin and wickedness. And Lord, I'm so sorry. But God, I'm not leaning on my righteousness. It's filthy rags. I'm leaning, Lord, on your righteousness. I'm trusting, Lord, in your righteousness. Lord, I, I thank you for the imputed righteousness of Christ. And Lord, upon the basis of your son, my great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask you to wash me from all sin and fill me with the Spirit of God. Lord, we do pray this morning for Alan. Pray, Lord, for Sister Earlene and all those that are sick and afflicted, Brother Danny. George, Heavenly Father, we just pray for them all. God, help them, Lord, during this Christmas time, Heavenly Father. And Lord, I just pray, lift them up and help them right now in Jesus' name. And I pray today, God, that this message will help people to recognize, Lord, or knew what they really already know, <clears throat> that we're in a great spiritual warfare. And we have an adversary, the devil. And he's out to devour our homes, our marriages, our families, our children. And God, I pray, help us to be sober and be vigilant, Lord, and to do what the next verse says, to resist him. Lord, I pray, steadfast in the faith, resist him with the word of God. And so, Lord, we thank you that we're more than overcomers through him that loved us. We're Lord, you said, greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. And God, I'm glad for Revelation 20:10, The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. I'm glad God someday there'll be a time when the devil <clears throat> will not be going around seeking whom he may devour. <clears throat> I'm glad God that he was defeated at the cross and at the empty tomb. Amen. Lord, I've seen enough destruction and death and misery and wreckage and ruin to do me. But God, I thank you that I know there'll be a day when the curse of sin will be lifted. And we'll live under the blessing of God, not the curse. And I pray, God, for that day when the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise. I pray for that day, when Revelation 19, when the heavens shall be opened. And somebody on a white horse coming with a sword in his hand. And Lord, I thank you that he's got a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. And in righteousness, he thus judge and make war. Lord, I'm glad that it's Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm glad he's going to make war and destroy the devil and his armies. 
And I thank you for the victory that we have in Jesus today. I thank you for sending him the virgin born son of God. Lord, I thank you that your word has taught us and told us. And we look at his life and we know that he's both God and man. Lord, I tell you, I appreciate it that you identified yourself with us. That he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. God, I tell you what, I appreciate it. I'm glad, God, that the Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost that brooded over Mary, brooded over my soul, brought conviction of sin, birthed a new creature in Jesus Christ. God, I tell you, I appreciate it. Lord, I'm thankful for the hope that I have in the new man created in true righteousness and true holiness. Lord, I do not have to live forever in this cursed flesh. That it will go back to the dust from whence it came. And that my spirit will go to be with God. And then someday, Lord, at the resurrection, you'll resurrect a new glorified body. Fashioned like in the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, I tell you, I appreciate the faith. Bless this message now and help us to do damage to the devil while we preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Boy, I tell you what, my old cup is full this morning. It's overflowing a little bit. Amen. <clears throat> so if you want to write some things down today, we're talking about this fact of, uh, the, we talked about the names and the titles of the devil last week. This week we're talking about the activity of the devil. What's he doing? One of the first things Satan does is imitate God. And uh, he imitates the Lord. I want you to get this down. If you want to write down, learn something today. Satan imitates God in every aspect that he possibly can. One of the first ways that he imitates God, he has a false trinity. Uh, if they'll put up Revelation 13, verse number two, the Bible said, and the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth the mouth of a lion. There's three in there. If you go on down to, to Revelation 16, 13, I want to show you something here. Uh, 16, chapter 16, verse 13. Bible says, I saw three unclear, unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, that's the devil. And he said, out of the mouth of the beast and the mouth of the false prophets, you have the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Now I have preached on the satanic trinity before a long time ago, not doing that this morning, but there's a false trinity. And so we're going to be looking at some of the things. First of all, he's a false trinity. Now, let me tell you what Satan's after. First of all, he wants your worship. He even was so audacious. He asked Jesus Christ to fall down and worship him. Let me just tell you what he's wanted from the get go. When he said, I will be like the most high. He wants your worship. And he goes about that in several different ways. One of the ways he'll do it is to create a false Jesus in your mind, which is idolatry and make you submit to and worship that false Jesus, a false God. That's what cults are all about. It's what false religions are all about. Creating a false Jesus. Paul said to be a time when they say it's another spirit, another Jesus, and another gospel. He's always imitating. He'll imitate the Holy Ghost. He'll imitate the gospel. He'll imitate the Spirit of God. Yeah. He'll make you think you're in the Spirit of God and you're not there at all. Right. 
And if you don't know the Bible, the Bible's the final authority whether something is of God or not. Not some experience, not some feeling, not some ecstasy, not anything at all. The Bible is the final authority about what is right and what's wrong, but the devil will imitate everything that God has. Second of all, the devil, the Bible says, has his synagogues. Revelation 2, 9. Revelation 2, 9, the Bible says, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich and I know the blasphemy of them which say they're Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Let me just tell you something. The devil's got temples all over the world. Got Hindu temples, Masonic temples. Come on now, stay with me. Don't let a little 10 cent preacher like me. Hey, if a little 10 cent preacher like me can blow you out of the saddle, you didn't have nothing to start with. Amen. Mormon temple. They're all of the devil. Ah, you say, oh, I don't like you preaching on Masonic Lodges. Well, you try going in there. I went and took my first degree. They asked me to be a Mason. You got to be invited to it. I went in there and they blindfolded me and led me in there. Said, we're going to pray. Okay, so I had this guy lead me around. But, you know, I'm, I got the mask on, see, or the, what do you call it? The Lone Ranger. I don't know, the Lone Ranger. Anyway, <laughs> we knelt down and they started praying. They said, now you've come to the light. They took my mask off. This happened right up here at Norwood, right there in that place on the corner, right up here across railroad tracks. They took the mask off of me. They, I was kneeling down in front of the worshipful master of the Norwood Masonic Lodge. Do you know who I'd been praying to with a, with a, with a blindfold on? Yeah. A man. That's the last time I ever went that hell hole. You can tell him I said so. You can't say the name of Jesus Christ in there. He said the synagogue of Satan. Amen. You say, well, my grandpa was a Mason. I liked him. He said, my dad was a Mason. I don't care who your grandpa was. I'm going to say it's the Bible, not your grandpa. Amen. This is real. I'm telling you right now. And a model Masons, let me tell you something. I don't know. Some of them's into it, but I tell you right now, there's a lot of Masons wind up in hell because they were fooled thinking that they're being a good Mason and take them to heaven. And I love you, Mason. Don't you say I hate you. I love you to tell you the truth. Amen. You can't say the name of Jesus Christ in there. They call God the great architect of the world. Come on. Come on. Synagogue of Satan. The Mormons go in there with Masonic aprons on the Masonic symbols. How about the Shrine Mosque up here in, Mountain, in Springfield, Missouri? We're talking about, say, you know what goes on up there? Every rock concert Springfield ever had from 1960 to the year 2000 nearly occurred in the Shrine Mosque. Yeah. Where more wickedness went on than you can imagine. Yeah. Well, well, well. I tell you this, so this country can't take preaching. Some of you boys, by the time you're my age and preach what I preach, they'll arrest you. That's what's coming. Thirdly, the devil has his doctrines. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1. Somebody told me one time, says, you preach good, Reggie. It's just your attitude you preach it with I don't like. I'm serious, babe, man. I'm sorry. I'm not sweet. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't know what I ain't. But I'm just what God made. I can't help it. Amen. But I'm going to tell you right now, the devil come up to me. I ain't going to smile at him and say, let's sit down and have dinner together. I'm going to fight him. Amen. And you ought to fight him. And I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll, he'll, he'll monkey you around and pet you around. And you'll think he, he'll have you thinking he's your friend when at the end he'll slit your throat. 
The Bible said that in 1 Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit, the Holy Ghost speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What leads people into these cults? What leads people into these lies? What leads people away from Jesus Christ? It's a seducing spirit. It's a false imitated spirit of God. And they have doctrines of devils. Now, there's all kinds of them. I may hit some of them pretty soon, but there are doctrines of devils all over this country. I'll tell you right now, a doctrine that says that Jesus Christ is not God is a doctrine of the devil. A doctrine that says you've got to pray to Mary is a doctrine of the devil. A doctrine that says Muhammad is a prophet of God is a doctrine of the devil. Amen. And that's just a tip. That's just peeking up under the cover. Oh, mercy. I tell you what, I hope I die preaching hard. Amen. Amen. I hope I die making the devil mad. He's sitting out there on a car hood, somebody right now going, what am I going to do to get rid of him? <laughs> Amen. Amen. I tell you what, you pray him out of this place. Amen. Amen. Number four, he not only has doctrines, but he has mysteries. Revelation 2.24 says, I say unto you and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many have not, have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan. Now let me tell you what's going on when you see these drag queen shows. That's the depths of Satan. When you see these queer parades, that's the depths of Satan. When you see pornography, that's the depths of Satan. Amen. Amen. When you see our congressmen and senators in Washington, D.C. giving $1.7 trillion to all their pet projects to keep paying back their contributors, you're in the depths of Satan. When you have a U.S. senator united in Missouri who votes to legalize same-sex marriage, that is the depths of Satan. That's not just somebody's opinion. That's the depths of Satan. I'm going to tell you something. The time for monkey play is over in churches. You sit around and have your song and dance and wave and smoke rolling and your lights flashing while the world's dying and going to hell and you're playing church in the contemporary and you won't preach on nothing. Second chapter, second Thessalonians chapter two verse number seven says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth the Holy Ghost will let until he be taken out of the way. And what he's talking about there, that Satan, that mystery of iniquity is already at work, but he'll not have his full work until the Holy Ghost is pulled back in the sense of his restraining power. And I'm going to tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. The depths of Satan is coming to this world. You say, Reggie, what is the mystery of godliness? The mystery of godliness is God in the flesh. That's 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The mystery of, of, of iniquity is Satan in the flesh. And that's what's coming. He imitates God. It'll be the devil in flesh that's coming in the tribulation period. Well, you know, just unhuckle my train here just a little bit. We get a storm coming. They say, oh, there's a big storm coming, you know. My wife went town and said there wasn't no milk to buy. I'm like, let's go buy Jersey cow. Go see Brother Kime. And I wonder what they do if it really gets tough. Oh, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Them New York and Los Angeles vegetarians. They're going to eat each other. They're going to become meat eaters. You watch what I tell you. They'll be killing each other and eating each other. 
Yeah. I'm going to tell you right. <laughs> I'm tell you what, you talk about better hang around for the show. If a little two-bit snowstorm can empty this. Do you know how many trucks? What if they shut down the gas? What if the gas and everything gets shut down? Right. And the trucks don't roll. Right. Somebody told me yesterday, said it would, how big a warehouse it would take in Mountain Grove just to hold two weeks worth of groceries for the people, Mountain Grove services and groceries. How big the warehouse would be just for two weeks. Yeah. It'd be like some humongous plant. And in two weeks, we could, if the trucks quit rolling and the trains go, we could be out. Right. What are you going to do? Kill your neighbor and eat him? I'm just being honest with you. Buddy, let me tell you something. You ain't seen nothing yet but what's coming. All this green, green stuff. Wait till your, wait till your, wait till your windmill blows over. And the poor Glenn, windmill blew over. I felt so sorry for him. That's a bad deal. Glenn, I'll leave you alone. What I'm saying is this. We're being set up. You know, I went, by, I come at the train station this morning and I come, and there's a coal train. Now, I mean that thing four miles long. How many knows how long? The longest thing in the world is a coal train, right? Yeah. And I thought, that coal train come from, you, have you, where's coal come from? Tell me. And what, what made coal? How how's how coal made? What's, what, what, how'd, it, how'd it get there? Huh? Exactly. Coal came from the flood. It was the buried life and vegetation that was on the earth. Right. What are you going to do? I'm just telling you something. There's something going on in my, in my mind. Heart said, buddy, I'm, see, because they want to stop those coal trains. This whole greeny movement is about controlling people's every move and controlling whether you can stay warm or have air. Anyway, get off of that, Reggie. Number five, he not only has his mysteries, he, the devil has his throne. Revelation 2.13, I know thy works and where thou dwellest and even where Satan's seat is. Now, somewhere on this earth, and I don't know exactly where, I got a good idea. Yeah. Satan's seat is, thou holdest fast my name as not defiled my faith, even those days of Antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. There's a place on earth where Satan's headquarters are at. That's what your Bible says. And he's got a seat there. It's a throne. That's his throne. Now, I got an idea. I will tell you somewhere in the region of the Mediterranean Sea is what I believe. You want me to get a little closer? I believe it could be the Vatican. In the Vatican. Now, I, I don't know that for sure, but that's the closest thing I've ever, I've ever found out. If you study the seven hills and the colors of the Pope and all that stuff, it all matches up. But... Revelation 13, 2 says, And the beast which I saw was like a leopard. He comes down and said, His seat, the dragon, the devil gave him his power and his seat and great authority, the, the, the beast. So he has a throne. Number six, he has a kingdom. Luke chapter four, verse number six, the devil said unto him, Jesus, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and whomsoever I will, I give it. I mean, somebody says, well, he didn't have the power to give it. I beg your pardon. I'm going to tell you something. When Adam sinned, he forfeited control of this earth and this devil, and the devil is the God of this world. And by the way, he buys people off. Now, God is sovereignly over it. God is supremely and sovereignly and eternally over it. But for this time period, Satan has this little dominion. And he going about to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Don't get me wrong. He's not powerful, more powerful than God. He's under the, the, the permissive will of God in that sense. Number seven, he has his worshipers. Revelation 13, verse number four. I want you to get this. Revelation 13, verse number four. 
and they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto him and who is able to make war with him? I said earlier in this message that Satan's final deal is to get your worship. I'm going to throw something at you. If you know, and I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't a Baptist. I'm not a Pentecostal. I ain't nothing but a saved by grace believer in Jesus Christ. Don't try to name tag me. If you want to name tag me, name tag me a biblicalist. Okay. So don't get off on a high horse with me. But I'll tell you right now, if you'd rather be golfing and be sitting in church worshiping God and advancing the cause of Jesus Christ, then golf is your little God. Amen. If you'd rather be hunting or fishing than being the, helping the work of God, that's your little God. Right. If you'd rather be running your business, are you listening to me? Satan will put anything, thou shall have no other gods before me. You don't put anything, anything that gets between you and God is an idol to you. Anything. It can be a person. If your child gets between you and God, your child become an idol. You're an idolater. Amen. If your job, I'm telling you, say amen right there. It's the truth. Amen. It's truth for me. It's the truth for you. I ain't preaching something I don't have to live by myself. Amen. I've had some little gods in my life. I know what I'm talking about. Hey, did you know what your denomination can be your God? Yeah. Well, you ain't going to care what the Bible says. It's what our denomination believes. Yeah. It's a trouble with this country. He has his kingdom, he has his worship, but what he wants to do is worship him. Number eight, he has his angels. <clears throat> Revelation 12, 7, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. The Bible teaches that a third of the angels followed Lucifer out of heaven when he was cast down, and they are devils, plural, that it, and their spirits, the evil spirits and, and satanic spirits that possess people, oppress people. He has his angels. That's why you want to be careful about saying an angel visited me last night. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Even an adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. The just shall live by faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. Number nine, he has his ministers. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15. I want you to get this. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 13 through 15. Let's go. Yeah. For such are false apostles. God's teaching you there can be false apostles, false deceitful workers. By the way, to be an apostle, you had to have seen the risen Savior. That's, bit, that's what the Bible teaches. You had to see the risen Savior. You, none of these people who claim they're apostle have seen the risen Savior. He's in heaven's right hand throne of God. They haven't seen Jesus. Amen. So they're not an apostle. There is no apostles right now on the earth. Amen. Say amen right there. I don't care about that lady you watch at one o'clock in the morning who claims she's an apostolist. That's about like a deaconess. There ain't no deaconesses either. Amen. amen. Yeah. Deceitful workers. Transforming themselves. You get this? transforming themselves in the apostles of Christ. That's what's going on back in Paul's day. Oh, I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle. No marvel. He said, this ain't no big deal. Why? For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. He's going to look good. Yeah. Did you ever notice all them rock concerts and all them girls get up? I mean, they've got lights are flashing here and everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could show you some album covers, song cover stuff, show you this right here, just blow your mind out. It is not that watch this and Satan himself transformed into light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, Satan has ministers. It's no great thing if his ministers also be what? Transformed as the ministers of what? Not wickedness. Righteousness. Now, how deceptive is that getting? That's getting pretty tough. That's why you better know your Bible. You say, Reggie, how in the world somebody get pulled into being a Jehovah's Witness? Right there. How somebody get pulled into being a Mormon? Right there. 
How somebody get pulled into believing this? I, I was saying this deal the other day, telling Karen about it. Why I was saying everything. These Hollywood people, they got all these, they got these cults, this church of Scientology and all this kind of junk. How to get pulled into that stuff right there? Amen. You beware of all this stuff that's humanistic and new age stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm your preacher. I love you. Don't be doing yoga. Right. Amen. Don't be doing yoga. Amen. I got a garden hoe. Beat yoga any day of the week. Yeah. You work hard, sweat. Work, you'll sleep good that night. Amen. Sleep a labor man, good. Amen, sweet. Yeah. I'm just telling you, all that stuff comes from Eastern religions, but they get up and tell you how, we're going to make the world a better place for us all to live in. Yeah. And we're going to so change you and you'll become a person who's, you'll be a, a positive force in this world. And feeds your self-righteousness. They just sit there and spoon feed them self-righteousness. And they, they all of a sudden, they become as gods. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, just uh, whose ends should be according to their works. So he has his ministers. But well, I don't know. I love you. But sometimes I, it's, it's so out there. I want to ask you all a question. It's been on my heart all week. I want a new Learjet. I think I really need one. I think God's told me to have a new Learjet. So I want some of you to just pray right now. Listen, if I had a Learjet, there's no telling where I could go to get the gospel to. Bahamas and Shangri-La. So I want this side right here right now. Just to, just to bow your heads and pray, Lord, how much would you have me give toward Reggie's new Learjet? <laughs> but you'll sit and listen to them guys and go, oh man, he really helped me. Right. Not only do I need a new Learjet, Randy, I think I want about 15 <clears throat> bedroom home with about six baths in it. Huh? You ever check these guys out? Yeah. Have you guys ever checked these people out? What kind of places they're living in? By the way, I know Cadillac's old stuff now. Uh-uh. Right. I got to have Telsas. I want six Telsas. I believe God told me to have six Telsas. You know what's the stupidest thing? You see thousands of people in those auditoriums. And when he says that, jump up and go, woo, woo, oh. Not here. <laughs> Amen. Jim, if I told you I need a new Learjet and God think God wants you to give half a million dollars to it, what would you say? I don't think God's in that. <laughs> I don't think God's in that. And I don't either, amen. 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 But people are following this junk. And you know what's funny? You never hear them preach the message where Jesus said, the foxes have holes and the bears have nests, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. Amen. Though he was rich, he became poor, that she through his poverty might be made rich. Amen. You do not hear that. True. Yeah. This literally, Benny Hinn was having a healing service. Oh, this is the truth. <laughs> I went the other night, had a headache. <laughs> These people had immigrated to the United States and they had a boy that wasn't right and was in bad shape. And they, he, had, he announced a healing service and they were going to take him to it. It blows me away. And they took him to it. He's in a wheelchair. They took him up there. And uh, he did all his annex and everything. And he claimed he was healed, but it wasn't manifested yet. You listening? 
Now, then here's what's sad. That mom and dad was so serious and so trusting and so. And here's what blew me away, Brother Lonnie. They interviewed them afterward and said, well, he didn't get healed. Well, it hasn't been manifested yet. And he said, the Lord's laid on our heart that we need to give $2,000 more to Benny for the completion of this healing. Wow. Folks, we're talking about how the devil can lead you yeah. in junk. Can I just, it's just sad. I mean, I, I just nearly wept. Listen, because they were sincere. Yeah. They meant it. They would do, they would, they, can I be honest? They would give everything they had away to see that boy healed. And I can understand that. But they were being plied by Satan's ministers. Well, he has his ministers. He has his miracles. Second Thessalonians 2, 9. Second Thessalonians 2, 9. Now I'm going to finish this message tonight. I won't finish it today. And this is more of a teaching and learning message as much as anything. But he does have his miracles. Even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Look at that verse. Signs, power, lying wonders. Uh, I'll remind you of this. When Moses was down in Egypt and he took his rod and God did miracles with that rod. Satan's uh, Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing. Except Moses' serpent swallowed up their serpent. Satan, let me tell you something. I'm Listen to me. You say, Reggie, do you believe some miracles happen at some of these places? Yeah. Right. I don't necessarily believe it's the power of God. That's right. It, I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. I'm, I believe in healing. Right. I believe in healing. By the way, if you want to get real deal about it, James chapter 5 implicates that you are sick and can't be there and you call for the elders to come to your house. You're so sick you can't get out of bed. And they come to your house. It, you, it, it doesn't even say you have to be in church. Right. Being honest with you. Yeah. And then it talks about confessing your faults one to another. How many's, how many's heard one of those? Yeah. When have you seen an anointing in prayer over somebody and they, and they had a con- time of confession of faults one to another? Yeah. It doesn't even happen here. Amen. Just being truthful with you. Because I mean, I look at that past scripture and it said they'll be healed. And I'm saying, Lord, what are we missing? But I want to tell you something about the healing. Now, you better get this. Healing in the Bible, the ultimate healing is your new glorified body. That's the true, final, complete, and ultimate healing from the curse of sin upon your life. It's appointed unto men once to die. You're going to die. And all the faith healers in this country is not keeping you out of there. The old question I ask about the faith healers is this. Why don't they go to hospitals? It wouldn't be. Why do you have to have a service? Why don't you go where they're at? Jesus did. By the way, let me throw something at you. The signs and all that Jesus miracles Jesus did. If you study your Bible right, those are kingdom signs. And they talked about his kingdom. Those are kingdom signs. It has nothing to do with your faith in Christ. Those were kingdom signs. They rejected the king and the kingdom did not come. If you know your Bible, this is honest truth. And those signs will be kingdom signs. All right. There's going to be a lot of things. The lamb's going to lay down by the lion. A lot of things will change. But the healing that Jesus did is not a, a church era time thing. 
Let me tell you something. If he never heals me or heals you, he's still God. He's still my savior and I'm still saved and he still loves me. All right. He has sacrifices. First Corinthians 10, 20. First Corinthians 10, 20. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to good. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. So he can have sacrifice. And by the way, when we sacrifice to things other than the cause of Christ and so forth, that could be what's going on sometimes in our life. It's actually what I was talking about a while ago with that situation. He also has his fellowship. First Corinthians 10, 20 says in, in first, first uh, uh, Corinthians 10, 20, if you can get that first Corinthians 10, 20. The things that the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. So that can happen and not to God. I would not that you should have, here's fellowship with devils. Uh, we're going to go down through some things here, but if you'll look, I, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Did you get that? Yeah. There's a cup of fellowship, a cup of communion with the Lord, but there's a cup of devil. Right. Now I'm going, to throw, I'm going to throw you a fastball, tighten your seat up. When you see a Catholic mass... They tell those people that that wine is turned into the very blood of Jesus Christ. That's not true. Amen. That is not true. Because if it were true, it'd be a re-sacrifice. Yes. And he's once offered. <clears throat> They're not performing some magic trick turned into blood. I'll just throw that at you because the Bible talks about the cup of devils. Uh, number 13, he has his armies. Uh, in Isaiah 24, 21. Isaiah 24, 21. Uh, it's come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high and the kings of the, upon the earth. That matches Revelation chapter 19, verses 19 through 21, where Satan's armies are gathered together and where Christ comes back to destroy them. <clears throat> um, we're going to look at uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 now. And we're going to talk there about uh, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. You say, Reggie, what's his activity? We started off with this. Most of us are not going to maybe experience some great Satan. I can hope you don't. Stay away from the devil. Leave him alone. Let God take care of him. But be knowledgeable of what you're doing. But I will tell you this. You and I both know how people's lives have been devoured. <clears throat> Let me just tell you. Anybody, adult, marijuana, supposedly, I guess, going to be legal in Missouri. Marijuana will devour you. It'll devour you. And you say, well, it won't get me. It won't get me. You'll be the very one it does get. Yeah. Liquor will devour you. Yeah. Inordinate affection will devour you. Right. <clears throat> Satan has tools. He devours people. And you, 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 and you play with it. You, you're, you're playing with somebody you don't know. You have no clue. Right. You have no clue how, he, how he'll work you over, deceive you. Uh, in John chapter 10, verse number 10, let's see some other. He walks about seeking him and may devour. By the way, the Bible says resist him steadfast in the faith. Here's John 10. The thief, the devil cometh not before to steal, to kill and destroy. Jesus said, I'm coming that you might have life, that you might have more abundantly. Can I tell you something? I don't like preaching on the devil, but it's part of the word of God. It's got to be preached on, needs to be preached on. We have an enemy. And he's out to destroy us. He'd, he'd destroy this church, destroy our marriages, destroy our home and family, all of them. He, he just, he's just out to do that. Steal, kill, and destroy. <clears throat> One of the things I want to do before we close out here today is, 
is in Matthew chapter 13. I want you to get this, what the devil's up to. And this is very important in the ministry and in your church life. Now, I want to tell you something right now. I do not believe in being suspicious of everybody. I don't, I don't want to live that way. Somebody walks in here, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay? But there is a fact in the Bible. It's called the tares and the wheat. Watch, watch Matthew 13, verse 19. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth not, then cometh the wicked one and casteth, catcheth away that which is sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. Now, let me just tell you one of the things Satan will do right here. I said we're preaching on his activities. You can come to church, hear the word of God preached. The seed has been sown and Satan will come right in while you're sitting in this building right now. And he will take away the truth that you've heard. Distract your mind. Bring all kinds of junk into your mind. And he'll take away the seed that was on right in the midst of a church service. I mean, it's just. Amen. All right, let's go to verse number uh, 25, that same chapter, verse number 25. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now, what's this all about? God says that Satan can sow tares among the wheat. Yeah. Yes. Now, listen to me. Not only are there false ministers but there's false Christians. Okay? And Satan sows them. Now, I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm not spiritual enough to always figure it out. I have thought of maybe somebody, you know, I figured it, you know, just assume they're saved. Get five, six years down the road, I mean, totally find out it was not the person that they were pretending to be. Now, we can all be hypocritical. We can all do things that we knew we shouldn't do. We can all fall in the ditch and all that. But we're talking here about the fact that he sows tares among the wheat. And you need to get this. I'll throw those up at you. A lot of wonderful, wonderful, good old churches in the Ozarks are cold and dark this morning. Mostly because the tares that were sown among the wheat. And I'm going to tell you how it works. Listen to me. Preacher gets up and preaches on something. And they know it's a touchy subject. The tares know it's a touchy subject. And they start probing to cause trouble about what he's preaching. And set people against the truth. And set people against the liberty that's needed to preach the truth. And then there's subtle pressure. I'm going to remind everybody, and here's about the end of the year, Don, Don Zinn has been trying to tell me what to preach. <laughs> no, Don says to me, honestly, he said, Reggie, there's two things you used to preach every year. One of them was on defilement among the brethren, and the second was on the, on the training and discipline of children. I used to do preach those every year. <clears throat> and he wonders why I don't anymore. I just, I don't know, Don, it just happened, but I probably will. But let me just tell you something right now. Satan will put tares in the church to sow defilement. <clears throat> and here's what he knows. A lot of people, you know, they didn't come to church to have problems. How many came to church just to have a dog fight? Anybody come to church to have a dog fight? I didn't come, I didn't come to church to have a dog fight. Only with the devil. Amen. All right. And a lot of people get, you know, they, all this garbage starts and the talking starts and division starts. And they're like, ah, I'm out of here. I just don't want to mess with this. I can get this at my workplace. Right. So what did the tares do? They tore the place up. And I'm just telling you, this is Bible. This is what Satan's about. He will send people into churches to rip stuff up and tear the place apart. And now let me tell you something. Those disciples said, Lord, you want to pull them tears up? 
Now watch this. Jesus said no. Why, why did Jesus say no? Why did he say don't do it? He said you'll get some of the wheat while you're trying to do that. You know what he's saying? Reggie, you're not smart enough to know which ones are tares and which ones are wheat. And you go to thinking, you that's a tear, and you go to, you know, uh-uh. And in doing so, and this is what happens in church, a preacher thinks he knows the tares, and while he's trying to take the tares out, there were friends who said, look how he treated them. And there you go. Now you say, Reggie, what I'm talking about? Let me just tell you something. I'm not up here for, I'm, I don't do this for a salary. I'm not doing this for a living. I'm serious as a heart attack about this calling. Amen. And I'm serious about your family being stable in Christ Amen. and not getting blown around and pulled up and jerked around and twisted. And I want you stable in the Lord. Amen. And the devil, I don't like to think about it, but he'll walk straight into this church and cause a situation to occur that'll rip you up. And you better be aware of it. And let God, and, and let God take care of it. Now, I, I remember one time I had an uncle. He pastored, for, he pastored the same church for 50 years. Started it as a kind of a missionary preacher up here at Lebanon, Missouri. And 50 years he pastored the Nazarene church in Lebanon, Missouri. He's an Okinawa veteran. He wasn't just pilling around. He knew what he's doing, Okay. I hadn't been preaching for about two years <clears throat> and he called me and said, Reggie, you preach a revival for me. So I come up there and I preach a revival and one day he and I sat in the living room. It's always dangerous for two preachers to talk. <laughs> always dangerous. Amen. Say your amen, right, boys. It's dangerous. And he said, Reggie, I got a woman in our church. I'm like, he said, I got a woman in our church. Said she is absolutely tearing our church to pieces. Said she is absolutely just going throughout the church, just ripping, tearing. He said, "He said, what would you recommend I do?" Now, please have mercy on me right here. I've just been preaching for two years. He's been pastoring for forty. I don't know nothing. He knows a lot, and he's asking me. And brother Michael, in my stupidity, this is what I said: I just preach her out. I just make it so hot in there she couldn't stand the kitchen. <laughs> Never will forget. Oh, Uncle Dean, he kind of looked down the floor a little bit. And he said, boy, I don't know. He said, that just never seems to work for me. I believe I'll just pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I crawled back to my room. <laughs> you know what he knew? You don't pull tares up without pulling weed up. And by the way, I saw him a couple of years later and I asked him, I said, how'd that all turn out? He said, you'd be amazed what God did. <clears throat> he said, Reggie, she was at the peak of her ripping and tearing. And he said, one Sunday morning, she walked in and she walked straight toward me up to the front. And he said, I thought, oh no, here she comes. <laughs> brother Dean, brother Dean, I know you're going to be heartbroken. We're just heartbroken, but my husband... The, the plant he works for, they're moving him, and it was to another state. <laughs> and said, we're going to be moving in less than 30 days. They've transferred him to a, to a plant out of state, another state, please, Illinois. So, oh, he said, that's terrible. <laughs> he said, Reggie, I just prayed in secret. Amen. And God orchestrated removing her from that church. Yep. 
Oh, isn't that something? You know what? It's 1201. And I walked in church this morning. Brother Danny Friend, first thing he said to me, it's going to be a ter- going to have a lot of trouble today. I said, the trouble? He said, smelling that food the whole time you were preaching. And if you haven't got an invitation to come downstairs and eat, you come downstairs and eat with it. But I think somebody said about 70, 75 people is going to eat with us down there. And my Karen, that was all her deal. It wasn't mine. I thought if it was up with me, we'd go home and just eat. But she's been up late tonight and another ladies have been too and they're going to eat. We're going to dismiss. Let me just tell you something this morning before I leave. The gospel of Jesus Christ is this, that God sent his son. That's what Christmas is really about. Amen. And he was born of a virgin, conceived of the Holy Ghost, God in the flesh. He lived a sinless life and he suffered and died for you and paid for all your sins. Amen. You know, I was talking to a young man this past week and trying to explain the gospel to him at his business place. And I said, if you owe $10,000 to the judge or to you know, court case, you just fine 10000 And I walked up and said, hey, listen, judge, I'll pay his fine. I said, you got two choices. You can either receive it or you can reject it Amen. and cockily say, I don't need his money. Send me to the pen. I said, what would you do? He said, I'll let you pay it. Did you know something? You ought to send that to Almighty God. And you don't have the money to pay it with. You don't have anything to pay it with. But Jesus paid it all. And if you receive it, you ain't going to the lake of fire. If you reject it, you're cocky. And you say, I don't need Jesus. You're headed to the lake of fire. It's that simple. God paid your fine in full, but you've got to Place your faith in Jesus Christ. Receive him as your savior. God will save you and you don't have to go to hell. Amen. Isn't that good news? You see, the gospel means good news. And I preached on the devil and I tell you what, I I hope I made him mad this morning. But I want you to be aware. He ain't playing games with you. He ain't playing games with you. He will take you. He'll orchestrate your journey to hell if you let him. He'll give you every reason in the world to reject Jesus Christ. Please don't do that. I'll be around you a little bit. And you say, you know what, Reg, I'm lost and not saved. I'll be here. I'll show you in the Bible. I'll read. We'll look in scriptures. I want you to know what you're doing. I'll spend, I'll spend all afternoon with you if I have to. But I want you to be saved. I want you to be saved. I'll be here when we dismiss. You come and visit me and say, Reg, you need to be saved. I'll come talk to you. Or you may say, Reggie, I've got some things bothering me. It's kind of a barrier. I want to talk to you. I want, I want to ask you about this. And maybe we can take that barrier down where you can see your way to Christ. All right, let's stand together.